morning, friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Bandwell. Thanks so much for joining me again today on our chapter day journey. I'm in Joshua chapter 7, and it was verse 11 that resonated with me this morning. It says, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them in their own possessions. Today's podcast is entitled, Lifelong Lessons. There is a legendary family story that happened when our daughter Madison was only about four or five years old. On my way out of the house to run an errand, I heard our older daughter, Taylor, screaming in the backyard. I walked around the back of the house to see Madison hitting Taylor repeatedly on the head with a wiffle ball bat. So I yelled at Madison to stop, of course, immediately scooped her up in my arms in parental frustration. I decided to put her in the car seat and give her a talking to while I ran my errand. I forcefully and sternly told her from the driver's seat that hitting someone on the head with a baseball bat was a naughty thing that you should never do. And from the car seat, Maddie said, but daddy, how do you know? So I told her that she could hurt someone by hitting them on the head with a baseball bat. But daddy, how do you know? My already angry voice rose to a new decibel level, and I told her that I know because it has happened. I told her that people have died by getting hit in the head with a baseball bat. But daddy, how do you know? Now I was really frustrated. Because it was in the news, I shouted at her. Daddy, Maddie asked from her car seat. What? I replied. Grandma said you can't believe everything you hear in the news. (laughs) I couldn't believe I was getting (laughs) legally taken to the shed by a four-year-old. Ironically, just as I finished typing this story on my blog post this morning, our adult daughter Madison actually called me. And uh, that stubborn, willful little child bent on vigorously defending her act of assault and battery on her big sister actually grew to a lovely, well-behaved adult. But that's the point, isn't it, of sometimes being a stern and disciplinary parent. A four-year-old doesn't always understand the larger implications of their actions. And if I want them to learn some of the basic behavioral rules of life... I have to demonstrate sometimes the hard side of love. In yesterday's post, I mentioned that what God is doing with the Hebrew tribes in the book of Joshua is showing them a different way. Ultimately, God reveals this eternal vision through Jesus and his followers. As he gives us a a picture of what eternity is going to look like, everything and everyone connected to God and to each other in love, a love that can't be explained or understood in human terms. Everything that flowed from the creator into life flows back to the creator. And the only word we have for it is holy. And that human term doesn't even do justice to what God is trying to reveal. You know, I've come to believe that the entire great story is like one lifetime. Humanity's birth in Genesis to humanity's death 
and resurrection in Revelation. And as I read Joshua, I have to remember that humanity is in the toddler stage of history. And God, the Heavenly Father, is trying to explain some basic rules of life to his children. God is saying, look, child, everything (laughs) that you think is yours, everything you see around you, yeah, it actually belongs to me. Now, I love you, and I will gladly share all good things with you, but first, you have to give up any claim on it. You have to understand that it's all mine. Oh, and realize that when you act disobediently out of pride and selfishness, it negatively affects everyone in the family, including me. We're all connected. So in today's chapter, God deals pretty harshly with a man from the tribe of Judah who disobeyed God's command and took plunder from Jericho for himself, hid it in his tent. That was the way all the other human tribes operate. Conquest was about plunder and power and raping and pillaging. God's saying, look, I'm teaching my children a different way. And it's something you don't quite comprehend at this age, but someday you will grow to understand. I'm trying to get this through to you at this age. And in the quiet this morning, I find myself thinking about my own failures and shortcomings in terms of how they affect everything and everyone to whom I'm connected, including God. I enjoy the vantage point of living in the adult era of human history, but I observe that we're still struggling to fully understand the way Jesus came to teach us that we're all connected and how we treat one another. Well, that's how we treat God. I'm still learning the lesson. I think, behave, and relate to people, and that affects the whole, I'm still working on it. I'm continue to do so until the end, just as humanity does the same thing on a larger scale. The promise is that I will one day fully experience what God has been trying to reveal to us since the childhood toddler stage of humanity. Until then, well, I press on one day at a time endeavoring to follow the way that Jesus shows me, knowing that one day I'm going to experience fully. I hope you have a great day, my friend. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Hello, friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Banderwell. Thanks so much for joining me on this chapter day journey. We're in Judges chapter 7, and it was verse 2 that resonated with me this morning. It says... The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands where Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Today's podcast is entitled Different Ways. History is filled with stories of military deceptions. In World War II, the U.S. created an entirely fictitious army group so that the Germans would think that the invasion of Europe would be focused on a different part of the French coast, far east of the beaches of Normandy. 
They even used inflatable tanks and vehicles so that the German reconnaissance planes would verify the misinformation that had been fed to spies and planted in radio communications about the quote-unquote first U.S. Army group. The Germans were so convinced by the deception that when the invasion finally did happen in Normandy, they kept reinforcements at the false invasion point for seven weeks, allowing the Allies much-needed time to resupply and bring in more reinforcements. Today's chapter is a classic case of military deception, allowing a smaller force to rout a much larger enemy. Before the battle, God purposefully whittles down the army Gideon has gathered to fight the Midianites from 20,000 to just 300. Using the powers of illusion to stoke the Midianites' fear, the enemy is thrown into chaos and begins to flee, believing there is a much larger force about ready to attack. So on one hand, today's chapter is just one in a number of great stories about military deception. What's fascinating to me was the fact that it was God who was leading Gideon. It was God who told Gideon to get rid of 19,700 of his troops and attack with just 300. Today's story is one in which it's very easy for me to focus on the event and lose sight of the context. Now, at this point in the great story, remember, we're still in the toddler stage of human civilization, and God is trying to teach his people to trust him, to follow him. God has a motivation in reducing the fighting force because he knows human pride and hubris. A giant army defeating a similar or smaller force requires little faith. It just takes good tactics. A force of 300 Routing an enemy of thousands, well, that requires a considerable measure of faith. Throughout the great story, God reminds me again and again that the kingdom of God does not operate like the kingdoms of this world. Isaiah 55.8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Zechariah 4.6 The angel of the Lord says to Zechariah, this is what the word of the Lord is for Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, the apostle Paul writes, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So in the quiet this morning, I find myself thinking about the ways that the kingdoms of this world operate. How ironic that government Media, social media, big tech, the corporate world are all worked up about misinformation and disinformation, fake news, illusions, deceptions, talking heads. It all begins to feel a bit chaotic to me. So as a Jesus follower, I shift my focus from the chaos of this world. I take captive my thoughts, opinions, fears, and anxieties. I consciously choose to direct my thoughts towards love, joy, and peace, and the things that Jesus calls me to do as a disciple. I'm to make people 
my priority. I'm to love the person I'm with, even if that person happens to be a stranger in an elevator or the checkout guy at the gas station. I'm to look for opportunities to serve others and then do it. I'm to be kind. I'm to be generous. I'm to forgive. God wanted Gideon to see what he could do with just 300 men. Jesus wants me to see what he can do through me if I will trust and follow and love well. I hope you have a great weekend, my friend. We'll be back here next week.